Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 48, Minute 48. Yeah. Hey everyone, this is Dan. Tracy has seen science's bloody body underneath the sheet. Where did Linda go? Where's the killer? She is about to make this noise. Tracy, or as Tracy might say it, oh no, Tracy, why'd you do that? Getting killed. Which it's interesting that we um we 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 don't see Linda killed. We just see actually we don't see her. We see the killer sort of loom over her. We know she's there, but we don't see her in the frame. And here a minute or so later. We don't see Tracy killed either. Tracy backs up from the bed. She begins to put her hand over her mouth. All of a sudden, another hand sneaks over. Her hand goes on that hand. It's the killer. She goes real wide-eyed, looks at the camera, and we dissolve to Mrs. Sickler in bed. A little meta stuff there, looking at the camera. Is you're going to be killed? I think so. Maybe, probably, maybe, sure. Slashers are pretty inherently sort of absurd anyways. I mean, I was just thinking about it today. I was thinking about there's a great there's a great um, uh, website called Dinosaur Dracula, um, and in conjunction with a great website called The Sexy Armpit, they do a podcast called The Purple Stuff Podcast. For the past five years at Halloween, they've done scary songs, and they begin their Halloween season um, long before. I mean, this this podcast episode went up in uh, second half of August, and it was spooky songs and. Um, one of the songs was the song by the band Lion, Love is a Lie. Uh, the one Crispin Glover dances to in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Now, final chapter is... A, here's the thing. Once a year, about once a year, I go through... I have that big kick-ass steel boxed... Is that what it is? Whatever it is. Tin box, whatever the heck it is. Set with all the Friday the 13th, including the remake. I've only watched the remake once. I thought it was okay. I'm, I'm, I don't really see a need in watching it again. But I generally, I go through all the movies. Even, yeah, you know what? I have a tough time with Jason X. Um, and uh, I try not to have a tough time with Jason X. I, th- I think it's just the fact that it's not... 
it's sort of it's it's got the sort of snarky post scream kind of thing, but not entirely. They sort of don't go full, and and so it kind of hurts it a little. And of course, Jason goes to hell is always a weird uh, thing. If if Jason goes to hell had followed the year after Jason takes Manhattan, well, we probably would have all been as disappointed with that as most people were with Jason takes Manhattan. If Jason goes to hell had been done, say after Jason lives. I think it would have been like, oh, what a departure. That was exciting and refreshing. But what was it, four years after uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, we just wanted a straightforward Jason killing people in the woods kind of thing, and they gave us the hidden. And it's decently made, but I, I never fully got on board with it. Um, although I do enjoy Friday the 13th, the series. But I mean, the, 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 the tangents, tangents, tangents. Um, uh, that set's pretty nice, by the way. That 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 I know I know it it doesn't have what well, it doesn't have some junk on it that it should have, and it, which is slightly disappointing. But um, I mean, how many times can I friggin' buy the Friday the Thirteenth series? I mean, I used to have them all on VHS. Then I bought that DVD set when it came out from Crystal Lake to Manhattan. Then I bought this set, and it's like, what what is it? Oh, it's a, it's a, uh, Jason goes to hell. Is it's it's the rated R version, which does hurt it. It's much better with the gore in it. But I. Uh, by the time I get to Jason Goes to Hell, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of not fully paying attention. And I love the quick succession of the first eight, where you start in 1980. Well, well made in 79, released in 80, the first one. And then you get to the last one coming out in... Oh, crap. I always forget. It came out in 88 or 89. 89. Let's, was it 89? I forget. Crap. Um, why am I always forgetting that? Um, 88, 89. And if you watch them in quick succession, you just get... Uh, more so than, say, like Nightmare on Elm Street series, because that's specifically the second half of the 80s. You get what 80s sort of movies and culture, pop culture and things look like. Uh, what does this have to do with Last Slumber Party? This is a tangent, folks, because I was going to I'm just talking about slashers and that I was thinking about Friday the 13th, the final chapter, because the guys in the Purple Stuff podcast say that's their favorite. I used to really, I, I really love. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, it used to be one of my favorites until I saw it on the big screen a few years ago. It was on a double feature with Final Exam. I may have mentioned this before. But the thing about Friday the 13th, final chapter on the big screen was that once all the killing kicks in, it becomes tremendous. But until it does, the characters are awful. Oh, God, they're awful. And they're dull. And they're stupid. And the dialogue is terrible. And But then I was thinking... So what do I love about the movie? And then I was thinking about the killing. And then I was thinking like the, the guy in the in the shower who gets his face like crushed there, you know, and it's like that's that looks really painful. That must have been an awful way to die. Crispin Glover with the corkscrew in his hand, you know, and the noises. That must have been an awful way to die. And then just think about some of the other bits. And I thought, he's killing me, he's killing me. What some Folks got a strange idea of entertainment. These these slasher films. I mean, do, doesn't that strike you as weird? I mean, I no, no, please. I wrote a book on nineteen eighties horror films, so I, I'm 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 in the shit with with slashers. And you, you if you if you know my stuff, you know I love them. But every once in a while, you pause for a moment, you go, "This is screwball." I mean, I imagine like every once in a while, people who love musicals must go, "Wow, it's so weird." that I've never been in a situation where I've been at a bus stop. The bus has been approaching, and then all of a sudden, like, all eight of us at the bus stop broke into a well-choreographed musical number. They must have a moment where they do that. And there must be a moment where it's like, I'm watching a film 
whose sole purpose is to show people getting violently killed. And then you think Last Slumber Party, there's almost no violence in Last Slumber Party. It's just these poorly slit throats. So what is it then? What is it if it's not, if what makes it, what it should be, isn't something it is? I'll let I'll let you linger on that for a minute. Let it linger. Uh, so we're gonna do the 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 rest of the minute. Is yeah, Mrs. Sickler gets a call from Doctor Sickler. Okay, here's a surprise. I thought Doctor Sickler. So Doctor Sickler comes home. He hears about the emergency thing and he leaves immediately. Then we see him next at the convenience store, or supermarket. I got to pick up orange juice. And here's kind of implied that I don't know if he has the orange juice or he doesn't have the orange juice. I um I don't know. But he says on here that he's on a, like, he's more or less, he's on an all-night suicide watch with a patient. When that gets in that really weird conversation, you know, uh, if you were to, what, if, if something, um, you know, about the, uh, him not wanting, uh, him needing someone who would stay up with him if he was on an all-night suicide watch, not one of those pretty nurses, well, don't drive me to it then. It's like, ooh, these two. It's funny, like, there, it, it seems like, it also looks like, Mrs. Sickler's wearing a robe in bed, but um, and it looks like she's in, she's in a little depressing bed, like in Chris's room. Um, but I, I, it's sort of a. There, there's something else going. I mean, it's intimated earlier on with the two nurses. I heard they weren't so happily married. Just the thought that maybe they're, you know, they're staying together for Linda more than anything else. Well, Linda's dead. Maybe it's time for that divorce. But it's just, um, I, I haven't seen enough of the two. We haven't seen them together. Have we seen them together? No, we haven't seen them together. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that, that they have this... But this is the first time they've sort of interacted together over the phone. And yeah, we learned Dr. Stickler on All Night um, Suicide Watch. I thought he went back because of the escaped lunatic who tried to kill him. He was going to give a lobotomy the next tomorrow. The next tomorrow. I like he's not going to be there till daylight. Well, considering the fact that it's probably like 3.30 in the morning right now. And if it's the summer, the sun will probably be up. I don't, I don't, I, I've said before, I don't know about the sun getting up, but, but I do know, like, at the, when summer hits, absolute summer hits, by 5.30, the sun is coming up, so the sun's coming up in, like, two hours, so it's not like he's, and I guess we don't need orange juice for breakfast, well, if he says he's not gonna be back till daylight, that could be 5.45, 6 o'clock, yeah, I was watching a Green Acres episode today, my husband, the rooster renter, the fifth episode, and that has, like, Oliver's trying to get them up at 5 in the morning, and they, they rent a rooster from Mr. Haney, who's supposed to crow when the sun comes up. And he's saying, like, the sun is supposed to, and, and it's intimated that the sun is supposed to be up at 5 o'clock. And by 5.30, it's bright, bright daylight. It's like midday daylight. Like, they are definitely in the more northern part of the U.S., because it never is that bright at 5.30 where I am. And uh, probably not in Louisiana also, so... Yeah, so there's this weird conversation between the two of them, and Doctor Sickler's not going to be home, and we we I I didn't realize he was out in the suicide watch. Um, what about that crazy killer guy? Things are things are getting weird, folks. But so there's Mrs. Sickler, and <clears throat> Linda and Tracy might not be well, uh, but this music is swell. Addendum. Notice throughout the 
shot with Mrs. Sickler in bed. In the center of the screen, there was a, like a white line moving back and forth. I don't think that's video related. I, I, I don't think it should be video related. Um, I think that's something something wrong on the film. And when they transferred it to video, something went a little screwball. Like maybe there was... um. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I mean, to me, it almost looks like maybe it's... um. Uh, maybe not quite though. I was going to say like maybe some sort of light scratch in the film and like some of the emulsion is gone off of the film. And so it's letting in, you're seeing the image that it's, it's filming, but it's also letting in, um, sort of, it, it's also, it, it's, it's also some, with the emulsion having worn off, you're actually sort of seeing the film surface itself. I don't know if that's right, but it is interesting that it's in here, and it does does lend credence to we shot this all on film and transferred it to video, which I still don't fully buy, but I'm buying more and more as I'm talking more and more about it. So I'm sorry, everyone. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Shh. Sleep. Sleep.